your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Adrian gets the snap, puts it in the belly of Wandale around the left side. He's got a first down, 35-30, Wandale 25-20, 15-10-5. He is in. Touchdown, Nebraska. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Ben McLaughlin and Nate Rohr. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Sports Nightly here on a Wednesday. Happy to have everybody with us here this evening. Hopefully, the quarantine is going well, or if you have to be out in public, everybody's taking the proper precautions, doing the things that you need to do so we can all get back to... Six feet away. Yep, social distancing, so we can all live our, uh, our normal lives. That's the voice of Nate Rohr. I'm Ben McLaughlin, Josh Hilkeman producing for us today back in Lincoln. we got a lot to get to here on the show. Said that all week. It's been a pretty good week of shows so far. We'll hope to continue that again here tonight. And what better way to do that than maybe the most interesting guest we could find, Blake Lawrence. Yes, former Husker linebacker, the brainchild of Open Doors, and, of course, the campaign that University of Nebraska will will adopt and start using uh, the name, image, and likeness situation that we discussed with Bill Moose on Monday and heard from Coach Frost at his press conference this spring, uh, his current student-athletes being able to uh, use this platform to boost their brand, their personal brand, uh, their name, their image, their likeness, and set themselves up for other opportunities other than just collegiate athletics. So, Perfect guest to have on tonight, Blake Lawrence, and we'll get all the details of it, how it started, how it's going to work, what's the next step, how it benefits student-athletes, and why it's important for Nebraska to be the pioneer in this thing uh, moving forward and have what's certainly, Nate, going to be every major school in the country going to be following Nebraska's lead on this. Pretty cool that a Nebraska guy, Nebraska football player, is the one to ringlead this and, and to get it kicked off at Nebraska. Yeah, big-time advantage for Nebraska because here's a guy who knows the business, knows the business about as well as anybody, and he and his company have been looking at this, and I'm sure we lost Nate there for a second. He'll be back, I'm sure. Um, But, yeah, I think where he was going with this is it's a huge benefit for Nebraska, um, you know, to to lay this foundation and in a day and age where – uh, you're always looking for a competitive advantage for Nebraska, for for your school uh, to separate yourselves from all the other schools. Anybody that's following recruiting knows how competitive it, it is, and any advantage you can gain um, could land to better athletes. But not only just in recruiting, but uh, just the current student athletes on campus, building themselves a name for themselves, a brand. Uh, when it comes time to life after sports. You know, that can be a, a big thing, a big resume booster, and, um, you know, companies can get to know what, you know, these student-athletes are all about. I think it's all in all positive, and uh, it's the direction we're heading. And so instead of resisting it or kind of turning your eye at it, you know, to just embrace it and run with it is going to be very important. So very happy that uh, Blake Lawrence has agreed to come on tonight. We'll hear from him here in the first hour of the show. Coming up in hour two of the show, we will talk some Husker football, assuming Nate Rourke can find his way connected back with us. Cam Taylor-Britt uh, will join us. We were able to catch up with him at the spring press conference, so pre-virus conversation with Cam Taylor-Britt, but 
We do have a couple of players that we've talked to and heard from that day that we would love to pass along and and to get you listening to some Husker football chatter uh, here tonight on the program. Also tonight, we will talk some Husker volleyball. This is one avenue we have not yet covered since all of the news has broke late last week. We'll just say Friday is uh, when's doomsday seemed to happen. We have not yet talked Husker volleyball. They have since canceled their spring match out in Grand Island. I know that's always a huge, huge, huge opportunity for Husker fans in the western part of the state to see Nebraska volleyball play. And my heart breaks for all those fans that sold that thing out in just a few hours to go see the Huskers play out west. Unfortunately, that game will not happen. And uh, Nebraska volleyball, much like all the other sports, kind of in limbo right now, especially you know with their spring season and getting ready to turn the page to a fall camp. Uh, we'll get inside the mind of Lauren Cook-West and how her father, John Cook, head volleyball coach, is dealing with this. But more importantly, we want to talk to Lauren Cook-West about her new role here at the Husker Sports Network. We had Jeremiah Searles on earlier this week talking about his standpoint, transitioning from the NFL to a member of the media here at the Husker Sports Network, him wanting to give back and be still a part of the University of Nebraska while talking about Husker football a great opportunity for him and Lauren Cook-West, who you've heard uh, do plenty, plenty of matches over the last four years with us here on the Husker Sports Network, but looking forward to expanding her role with us as well and doing more and more work with us here on the Husker Sports Network. So we look forward to talking with Lauren Cook-West as well. Also, my my mind was wandering today with the idea of no Husker spring game and, you know, computers are a funny thing. I literally pull up YouTube this morning, and the first clip of recommended videos was Jack Hoffman and his touchdown run at Nebraska's spring game, one of the most special moments um, I've had since being here at the network. And that's that's a moment we'll all remember for a long time. I'd like to relive that um, at some point in time tonight. And with no spring game, it's a perfectly appropriate time to, to call back on that memory and you know, what's really spurred just an outstanding relationship with Nebraska athletes and the Team Jack Foundation and all the rallying and support you, Husker Nation, have done for such a great cause. Um, it'd be a shame to not take this opportunity to to bring that up again and relive that moment because you just get goosebumps every single time listening to it as well. 866-HUSKER-1, the number 866-487-5371, the number if you want to be a part of the show tonight, feel free to um, always, you know, as always, dial us up on the Woodhouse Auto Family Hotline, bringing you more choices and brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. Uh, one other piece of news that uh, that broke yesterday that we are going to examine here right out of the shoot was that of Gervais Green, Nebraska guard, entering his name in the transfer portal right before we said goodbye yesterday. So Gervais Green um, has thrown his hat in the ring to to transfer, and now this means another departure for Fred Hoiberg to deal with. And you begin to wonder, is this going to be the new norm for Husker basketball, at least in the short term? Gervais Green is um, out the door, moving elsewhere. You know, you, your first thought is, who else? is going to follow. You're just not quite sure what it's going to be. 
So when you look at Nebraska's roster right now with the departure of Gervais Green, you've got five players currently on scholarship from last year's squad. Deshaun Burke, Thor, Akala Rope, Kevin Cross, Ivan Drago. So those are your five coming back. You've got three players that sat out last year. Those names should all sound familiar to you by now. Shamil Stevenson, Derek Walker, Delano Banton. Nebraska has one player that's currently declared for the draft, that being Cam Mack. So his status, very much best-case scenario, 50-50 with Nebraska right now, whether that be going to the NBA or finding another place to play college basketball for his last year. And then, of course, you've got the four newcomers, right? We talked about Kobe Webster, the transfer from Western Illinois earlier this week. He committed to Nebraska over the weekend. Another transfer, Kobe King, coming over from Wisconsin. He has applied for a waiver for the NCAA to be eligible immediately. You have Teddy Allen, which is the irony of Gervais Green's news, coming from Western Nebraska, the same spot that Gervais Green came from averaging over 35 points a game. Teddy Allen, of course, from West Virginia, from right here in Omaha, uh, coming back to Nebraska next year. And Lat Mayan, who is another uh, commit to Fred Hoiberg. So, Nate, when you look at this landscape and you look at the roster turnover, we're going to be seeing a new team on the floor next year, just like we saw this year. And you, you just hope that this isn't, a Nebraska thing where we're having to do this every year. And I don't think it's going to, I think we all had, you know, a little bit of realistic expectation, what was going to happen um, with a team assembled in 27 days. But yet here we are another departure as we talked about last night with Gervais. It'll be interesting to see uh, with coach Hoiberg, how this team comes together and what the different moving parts could look like for Husker basketball next year. Yeah, this is not strange for Fred Hoiberg. I mean, he's when he was at Iowa State, three guys that had uh, eligibility remaining from his first year with the Cyclones didn't make it to year two. So e- even after that first year in establishing your program, guys figure out, I don't want to be there. Maybe you took a risk or two on kids. You know, Gervais Green has been kind of in and out of the doghouse when you look at him being suspended uh, earlier in the year. You look at his role, which has really shifted during the year. So it's not as if he was on stable ground during his time at Nebraska, even when things were going well, he was just a sixth man. So, I mean, his his role was always fluid, always moving around. And as a result, I, I, I'm not surprised uh, that that there's a, a, you know, that there's more movement on this roster. And between just the general nature of college basketball and also uh you know, the the building that Fred Hoiberg is trying to do for this program, you're going to have to take some chances, and you're going to have to swing big and hope a guy can fit in or you take a flawed guy. I mean, this is not the stage in terms of recruiting where you're just shopping, right? You know, if they're getting to you, they're getting to you because either they really buy into their vision or their strengths match up so well with your strengths and their weaknesses, 
you can live with but maybe somebody else couldn't. So, you know, the early generations of players for Fred Hoiberg, he's going to have to take some chances, and sometimes those don't work out, and that appears to be the case with Gervais Green. Nate, I've been asked this twice already by by Husker fans that I'm close with, um, Husker Hoops fans, and I guess it's fair to say that this is the obvious question. What's the level of concern that that the departures with the team that's already so new? You know, you go back to Samari Curtis and now Gervais Green, the uncertainty of Cam Mack, um, and there could potentially be uh, rumors of others. What's the concern level right now of Nebraska's current roster state with the departure to Gervais? I feel still very good about next year's team, so not much. I mean, look, Cam Mack is not a guy you replace with, you know, a a guy from a frat that you just happened to grab because he played decently for a Class C2 team in high school. I mean, he, he is a legit player, but there's just such volatility in college basketball, and especially in this stage of building a college basketball program that that quite honestly, I'm not worried about this. I I expect a high level of volatility. I expect guys to come in and out. And I think, you know, know, as tumultuous as things are in college football, and I think Husker fans have a pretty good handle on that, they're even more so in college basketball. And I don't know how educated Nebraska fans are about just the volatility of men's college basketball and how much guys move around and and especially at this early point in Fred Hoiberg's building of this program uh, you, you're going to have even more volatility so I'm I have zero concern right now 866 Husker 1-866-487-5371 mention this uh, all week we'll continue to pound that message home this is a great week to start following us on Twitter if you are not already at Husker sports where you can find us on twitter we're gonna have all kinds of fun and exciting things uh throughout this time and and to make your lives hopefully a little more entertaining and enjoyable we have another runs a twitter poll up tonight which nfl quarterback with a new team will win the most games this season tom brady with the bucks philip rivers with the colts nick Foles, newly of the chicago bears teddy bridgewater inks a three-year deal with the carolina panthers we'll get into this a little little later on tonight feel free to go vote on that poll we'll give you the results here in just a little while we'll step aside when we come back blake lawrence of open doors will tell us a little bit about what's to come with the name image and likeness scenario at nebraska and how this new program is going to help that's coming up off and rolling Sports Nightly on a Wednesday night. Thanks to everybody for dialing us up, spending part of your evening here with us. Talking a little Husker basketball to start off the show tonight. We welcome on our first guest, though, right now. Blake Lawrence from Open Doors joins us. Blake, first of all, it's been really a crazy time uh, the last few weeks. You know, we get the announcement that the partnership with the University of Nebraska and Open Doors for these student-athletes, and then obviously the coronavirus has kind of taken control of our lives, but we're really happy to, to be able to get you on the horn tonight. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, my goal is to give you and the listeners 15 minutes coronavirus-free programming, and that is what they've earned. So we'll, we'll just talk all about the good things, positive things going on, and, and thanks for t- having me on. I'm excited about this Ready Now program, and dive into the details any, any which way you want to go. I'm happy to share. Yeah, well, let's let's go ahead and jump into it, Blake. The the ready. When was this first an idea that you thought this could actually manifest into something that 
um, you know, this the, the, that something could take over a, a team or uh, athletic department or whatever could could latch onto this big idea and it could be hugely beneficial. Well, I would say that uh, in the short term, we we've, we've been working on this specific program since. October, uh, as soon as Mark Emmert made the announcement that the NSA had a stance on name, image, and likeness rights uh, and the policy changes that are going in effect in 2021. And we started to put together the pieces of the, of the READY program. But as it pertains to the, the different elements of the program, Audie Canalek, my business partner, teammate at Nebraska, we've been working towards this moment nearly since my last day playing football at Nebraska a decade ago. And that's uh, working in the professional sports rank um, with Open Doors, his partnerships with the NFLPA and NHL and PGA Tour and IndyCar and LPGA and uh, MLBPA, just these, these large organizations in sports, understanding at the next level, what do the best pro athletes on the planet, what do they do to maximize the value of their name, image, and likeness rights? Uh, and how are they using tools at their disposal to uh, grow that, NIL value and ultimately monetize it. So when the rules change, uh, rules started changing last summer, being announced in California with the state legislation, we just started to say, hey, everything that we've learned in the last decade of helping pro athletes, what if we could take all of those resources and put them into a program to help student athletes, right? To help student athletes just like us when Audie and I were at Nebraska running around campus uh, and understand what this new future looks like. And that's what the Ready Now program is. It's a combination of all that we've learned and uh, excited for the decade ahead, being able to use what we learned the last decade uh, to help student athletes cross country. Looking at this program and, and all the work that you've done at the professional level, is, is it just a straight transfer? Does everything kind of go on a straight line as far as uh, you know what you've learned about the followings that professional athletes have on social media and that sort of thing, basically just coming straight down to college athletics, or are there some unique points about uh, involving college athletes in something like this that that doesn't come into play when you're talking about pro athletes? Well, the the collegiate sports model is unique all in itself, right? And so no matter what changes come to the NCAA policies on name, image, and likeness, we know one thing that Ben said wants the, the model to be unique to collegiate sports, you know, and that's something to protect the integrity of the game from a recruiting inducement side, from a protecting student athletes from bad actors or booster involvement. All of those things are uh, things to consider when you're talking about the external factors that are going to impact the differences between pro athletes making money through neighborhood likeness and college athletes. Uh, but there's also a, a common thread, I guess, that, is going to make it uh, similar in some aspects, and that's that name, image, and likeness rights uh, are a, a commodity in a sense in the way that sponsors and businesses and, and those you know that are putting pro athletes in video games or making uh, jerseys or bobbleheads or trading cards with athletes on them or securing athletes for physical promotions or digital promotions – and all of those things tied to name and likeness rights. And those brands, they spend money because of certain factors. They're looking for an individual that influences consumers so they can help grow their business. So by aligning with an athlete, you're able to grow your business outcomes. 
no matter if it's a pro athlete, college athlete, a high school kid, or or anybody you know off the street in the retirement center, if you're going to align your brand with a person, they have to produce value. And so for us, there are similar traits of helping a college athlete, helping a Nebraska student athlete prepare for and look and have all the traits that they need so that when a brand like EA Sports or Pepsi comes calling, that there's no difference between the factors that they're considering between a college athlete being the face of their program uh, or a pro athlete. And that's the type of setup that this Ready program is built to do is, is make it so that student-athletes look just like pro-athletes when it comes to name, image, and likeness rights, uh, so they get a fair shake. Now, there's obviously different scales of influence, but ultimately want them to look and feel the same so they have a, a fair opportunity in the marketplace. Blake Lawrence from Open Doors and former Husker, our guest here on Sports Nightly. I'm Ben McLaughlin, joined by Nate Rohr. Blake, to me, when, when talking with Bill Moose about this on Monday and, and having interacted with so many Husker players over the years, it's pretty clear that not everybody, not every athlete is on the same page in terms of um, how to take advantage of that, interest in doing that. But now that everyone's given that platform, to kind of get everybody who is not uh, brain-wired in that way to want to wanna think about that when they could still be you know, beneficial and they, there still could be a lot of positives from them, they could still be a very popular player, their, their brain just doesn't want to go in that direction – how important is the education part to help those those players that maybe are aren't as concerned with it to get them up to speed to where they're prepared for it and you know know that it's there if they need it? Yeah, I would say that uh, there are going to be different levels of interest in student athletes wanting to maximize the value of their name, image, and likeness rights. Just like uh, if you say, "Hey, there's going to be a volunteer." opportunity in the community this weekend and not every student athlete on campus is going to flood to the local hospital um, but those that are interested in building up their community outreach skills or their speaking skills they're going to invest in uh, those types of initiatives more often than others uh, that's similar to name and Linus right so not every student athlete is going to have the same interest level um, but I would say this is, is again similar to when student athletes pick a major, right? Some of them are going to go for uh, you know, sociology, psychology, some will do business or architecture. Uh, this is something that can run across the gamut of those, but athletes have interests, and those that want to dive deep are going to get the most out of the READY program, the READY NOW program at Nebraska. Um, but every student athlete on campus is going to have access to this, and that's what makes it unique. Now, there's Nebraska in my experience as a student athlete, Nebraska truly invests in every student athlete on campus. Keith Zimmer, head of life skills, or Dennis LeBlanc, head of academics, they've been there for 30-plus years. It didn't, they didn't care if you're the starting linebacker or the, the walk-on student athlete on the swim team. You're going to get the time and attention that you need to maximize your experience in Nebraska. I think that's unique in Nebraska. I, I really don't think that same... Uh, approach qualifies, you know, it exists everywhere across the country. So this program is, is built to mimic that commitment to helping every student athlete on campus have an opportunity and a fair shake at preparing for the future. Looking at this program, and I'm glad you mentioned some of the other the other programs on campus because at first blush, you know, it would seem 
all right, this will benefit the football program because uh, those guys already have a high level of, of visibility in social media and even, you know, some men's basketball players, some volleyball players. How does this program benefit, you know, the next tier of, of student athletes, whether it's a, a, maybe a good baseball player but not the lead baseball player or, you know, somebody on the volleyball team or somebody in an Olympic sport? How, how will this program benefit them? Well, I would say, um, here, I'll, I'll throw it back at you guys. If you had to guess of the la- in the last seven days um, on social media, which student-athlete at Nebraska do you think has benefited the most, has seen their name, image, and language rights value increase the most, a student-athlete on campus today? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a really my, good question. My first thought would be, I mean, probably a guy like Adrian Martinez or Cam Taylor Britt would be the first two that that jump into my mind. Yeah, that, right. So that's that's a quick one. Um, well, I've got a, a couple things for you to consider. That last week Noah Vedral played in a Big Ten tournament basketball game, right? It's mm-hmm. all that the media wanted to talk about. Same thing with Brent Banks, like those two saw their NIL value uh, exceed that of uh, in just that short amount of time. Now it's going to level out and others will have some value that they capture throughout the entire year. But right now the hottest name on campus is Noah Vedral, not Adrian Martinez. Right? And if you want to expand this back to the last uh, month, there's actually another student-athlete that has generated more buzz than any student-athlete on campus and simply because of their activity online. And that's Inezka uh, S-Z-A-B-O. How do you say her name? Inezka Zabo? Zabo? Yeah. So Inezka has generated more interactions online on her social channels than any student athlete on campus at Nebraska. Right? And those are the things that are going to help impact her NIL value. And that's the thing is that if, if more student athletes can understand that it's not just the superstars on campus, it's those that understand what NIL is, are investing and building their value. Um, another student athlete would be on the, the wrestling team, Alex Thompson. You know, that's somebody that has generated a lot of, of buzz and conversation just over the last seven days, and he's doing it right. So, again, I could, I've got names for days and go through a list and show you examples of this, but who you think is going to dominate the name, image, and Linus rights uh, conversations at Nebraska may not be who you think uh, who actually is going to dominate those conversations because the data is going to show that Alex Thompson and, and Anesca Zabo, like they have as much opportunity as Adrian Martinez, and that's the benefit of today's NIL rights environment in sports is that when you tie it to social digital, NIL rights becomes an even playing field, and every student at the on campus has the right and, and fair shake at capitalizing. Point well taken, and I think that's uh, part of the reason why you know we want you on tonight is to explain uh, how it can benefit all student athletes. Blake, before we let you go, I'm kind of just interested uh, to hear from you just personally about how this has all come together. I mean, at, at a place where you played at Nebraska, a place where you built your business in Nebraska, to have Nebraska be the pioneers of this behind a brainchild that you adopted. 
does it feel surreal at all to kind of have Nebraska again be the pioneer of something that everyone in the country is going to follow this mold at some point, but to be the first one, what's the feeling now that this is kind of the situation that you're in? I'm, I'm thankful. Uh, I would say that it is a little surreal in terms of being a, a former Nebraska student athlete um, and being able to bring a solution to current student athletes and student athletes for years to come means a heck of a lot. Uh, but I would say that it's, it's really coming full circle for Audie and I, uh, my first visit to Nebraska, I realized it was different. You know, my older brother played quarterback at Kansas. I was recruited heavily to schools across the country, especially Kansas, but nothing compared to the first time I walked into Memorial stadium. Um, and, my career was cut short. I, I played three years in Nebraska, um, and the fan base has never left. The support has always been there. And my first job, the first company Audi and I started, uh, exists because somebody sent me a direct message on Twitter asking if I could help them with their social media channels, right? I was a co-host of Big Red Wrap-Up for eight years because Kevin Kugler sent me a direct message on Twitter, right? I know firsthand how important it is to set yourself up for life by investing in the resources um, that the university provides, right? And I just wish that every student on campus uses today's tools because a decade later, it's even easier um, and more accessible to help student maximize the value of their experience in Nebraska. Um, so in some ways, I just hope to recreate the experience that I and I have had and that's the experience that if you invest in Nebraska, Nebraska will invest in you and support you for the rest of your life. Uh, that's a story that every student athlete on campus uh, can have, will have, and this Ready Now program is is really a, a culmination of our experiences at Nebraska as student athletes and our experience in the professional world. And all those opportunities come back to the support that the fan base has had for us, and we have to see that continue through the program. All right, Blake, before we cut you loose, what's next? What's the next step in this thing? Obviously, the big announcement was probably the, the, the kickoff, uh, for the, at least in terms of the eyes of the public. What, what's next now? What's the next step, and, and what can we look forward to uh, uh, to getting this thing in motion? Yeah, so right now, our team, I started to rattle off some names and some data, but we are running the, through the assessment phase, which is to understand where a program needs to go, you need to understand where it is. Uh, and it's the same thing for uh, student athletes and name, image, and likeness rights. Um, so we are running a deep assessment of the social and digital presence for every student athlete on campus. And so imagine uh, a lot of data, a lot of numbers being crunched by some some uh, proprietary technology we developed over the last decade, and it kicks out reports. So if you want to know who has an A-plus on Instagram or who is failing at Facebook, uh, you can find that right off campus over at Open Doors, 13th and Q. But, uh, yeah, so we're heads down getting some data crunched and, and making sure that we've got reports ready for student-athletes when we're able to see them. You know, I think that's, again, uh, interesting times in sports. But NIL rights are actually center stage, so we got to put some things in motion and get some data together. And uh, next will be us sharing all that information with each student-athlete next time they're on campus and whenever that would be and then getting it prepared for the fall awesome stuff man it, it's it's really cool to hear 
you know, Nebraska won a pioneer. And as you know, you know, as a former student athlete, especially in, in football, uh, having that edge in, in anything is huge uh, to, to benefit recruiting, to benefit each individual when they're on campus. And I think this is the next wave in doing that, mixing uh, current age with technology and social media into what we all love, which is college sports. So this is really cool to see, and I can't wait to see uh, in the future how this thing manifests and, and comes together and, and how us you know, can sit back and watch it kind of take off as well. Blake Lawrence of Open Doors, former Husker, with us here on Sports Nightly. Blake, th- thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us. Um, congratulations, I guess, are in order for, for, the, for the job well done, and we really look forward to seeing how this thing takes off. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you guys. You guys will see the product. That's the thing. Is this? Uh, you'll know when it's working. You'll start to see the stories of student athletes on center stage, um, and so you'll be able to feel the progress that Nebraska makes over the next year. Thankful for the opportunity. Thanks for having me on. I had a chance to chat with Cam Taylor Britt last week, and uh, I began the conversation by reminding him he's already a junior. How fast did those uh, first two years go? Does it seem like you should be a junior now? I say they went very fast, man. It's it's kind of crazy to think about, you know, all the time I've spent here, and it's just going by so fast. <laughs> Does it feel any different for you the fact that now you're you're in a leadership role? You're a guy who's going to be leaned on to to help run this defense, run the defensive backfield, run the DB room. How different does it feel as you get ready for this year compared to last year or the year before? Uh, even though I felt like I was a leader as a freshman and a sophomore, it's, it's even bigger now because I am actually, you know, an upperclassman. I have a big say-so, you know, and some of the things that we do as a team, you know, uh, it's a big change, but I, I'm ready for it. Anything you're locked in on at the beginning of spring ball that you're really trying to focus on and sharpen up as as you get going for this junior year? Yeah, just focus on technique, man. I was watching the, you know, the draft and, you know, or the combine, and I was just looking at the guys. You know, I was just trying to, you know, work on that. I was watching them because that's where I want to be someday. So I was just, you know, trying to mirror them. You mentioned working with an eye on the pros, and Lamar's going through that process right now, going to the combine, all the pro days, uh, positioning himself uh, for the draft. Have you been quizzing him on that? How much information are you drawing from him as he gets ready to to make the step you hope to make soon? Well, I talk to Lamar a lot. I can say uh, he always gives me insight on some of the things that's going on. Uh, you know, he just keeps me updated. He he lets me know some of the things I need to do, some of the things I don't need to do. You know, uh, he just looks out for me, you know, like a big brother. Going into spring ball in your third year, how much more comfortable do you feel? I mean, you're in a leadership role, so obviously uh, you feel like you can speak up a little more, but do you just feel more comfortable in this defense, working with Coach Fisher, all that? Oh, yes, I feel very loose, you can say. I felt kind of, you know, loose last year, but I feel like everything, you know, all the tension and everything is gone. I can just play so free um, and just be out there by my lonely on the field. Now you guys start practicing this week, but obviously this is not when the work begins for you guys. You guys were going through winter conditioning and running and lifting and all of that. And you made some ground last year in that respect. You're the reigning lifter of the year. Uh, What was one thing you focused on in the weight room or uh, running your sprints or whatever uh, as you got ready to start this spring ball? It was just really a mindset and, you know, remember your why. That's what my mom would say, so I'll take it out in the weight room. Uh, I always like to lift, but 
I never really had the chance to because the weight rooms be closed back at home or something. But uh, any time that we would lift, man, I just you know you have to take it serious because that on the on the field, you know, the weight room matters. Chatting with Cam Taylor Britt here on Sports Nightly. As you guys go into spring ball, obviously uh, four wins your first year, five years, uh, five wins your second year. How hungry are the guys to turn that around and and to get to a bowl game this year and do more than that? <sighs> well, I can say this. And I think this is all I'm going to say, man, we're hungry. Um, I don't want to put any high expectations up there because, you know, they did that last year, and I don't think we, you know, lived up to it. So I wear this shirt, humble over hype. We're going to be humble over the hype, and we're going to, you know, play our football. The, how, how does that affect you when there are high expectations on you? Because, of course, the conversation around last year's team was Indianapolis, winning the Big Ten West, things like that. How much more difficult did that make the job for you guys as you uh, tried to go out there and win football games? Uh, I wouldn't say it was really difficult. I'd say it was uh, different people's mindsets. It was jumping ahead of the gun instead of focusing on the now. I'm focusing on this game instead of the next game, you know. We have to focus on day by day, getting better and better. Your job in the defensive backfield is so complicated. You play some corner. You play some safety. Uh, once, are you looking at one spot over the other? Obviously, having to replace Lamar, uh, there, there's a job open there. Are you working at one spot more over the other, or are you just trying to be versatile? Uh, <laughs> I think I've been saying this in every interview, but wherever they need me to play, you know, that's where I'll play. I, I don't really have a specific you know, position I want to play. I saw Isaiah Simmons in the in the combine. He just said he plays defense. Yeah. So I believe I can say I play defense. <laughs> does that, how much more difficult does that make your job knowing, you know, having to know both cornerback spots and the safety spot and the nickel spot and all that? I wouldn't say it's, it's difficult. I'd say it actually, you know, it helps me, um, you know, know the defense more because you, you have to know, like, every position. You have to know the gaps. You have to know your run fits and things like that as well at every position. So I say, you know, it helped me a lot. You have a bunch of freshmen in your room that are, are rising redshirt freshen, freshmen, thinking about Javen Wright, thinking about some of the other guys. How much progress have you seen from those guys who entered the program last year as they get ready for this year where they're probably going to play quite a bit? Well, I can tell you now, those guys will be on the field. You know, um, I know we don't suppose to throw a lot of things out there like that, but those guys have been putting in a lot of work, a lot of work, and I've seen it with my own eyes. They hit me all the time, want to get work in. You know, they're up here watching film, you know, doing the extra things a lot of kids don't do. So I can see them having a bright future. How gratifying is that to be the guy that they're reaching out to, to be essentially their example as they try to build their college careers? It's, <laughs> I just look, at, look back at myself like that was me, you know, and I have to be a great example for them. You guys have 15 practices. You're, you're into the mix now this week. Uh, what is spring ball like for you now that you've lived through it a couple of times? Does it get tedious? Are you excited to get out there? Uh, is, is it, how tough is it to navigate those 15 practices knowing your first game still some three months away? I don't even count the practices. I just, I'm just happy to be out there, you know, back in pads and a helmet, running around, you know, just having to guard somebody, just, you know, even just happy to be doing seven on seven or something, you know, I get excited. Just being around football gets me, you know, anxious. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't count the practices. I'm just happy to go out there. Well, 
we're happy to see you back out there again, and we hope for a lot of progress for you and you get a lot out of the spring ball. And most importantly, you get through it healthy. Good luck. Right, thank you. 866-HUSKER-1, 866-487-5371. Sports Nightly Wednesday night, cruising right along here this evening. Thanks to Nate Rohr for grabbing that interview with Cam Taylor Britt. Good stuff there. Earlier this week, we welcomed on to the team officially Jeremiah Searles. And welcome on now the other newest addition, not really an addition, Lauren Cook-West joining us now. Lauren, uh, first of all, you know, thanks for joining us tonight on a very odd, strange time, but very happy to to have you officially a part of the team and, and be doing some expanded stuff with us outside of your normal duties. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess officially welcome to the team. Thanks, Ben. And I just want to say I'm a, I'm technically a veteran because I've been doing color commentary for the past, I think, four years now. So mm-hmm. Jeremiah is the rookie <laughs> and I have I should have veteran status. Yeah, I think we I think we have enough power to do. Guys, we good we good with doing that. Putting you know putting Jeremiah on the lower end of the totem pole. Um, yeah, well, what's what's it feel like to 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 you know finally have this come to fruition? I know you know when you're playing and um, you don't really have necessarily, especially when you're you have pro aspirations that that necessarily working in your head of what's next to come. But now that this ne- next chapter has kind of fallen into your lap, what, what's it feel like? Yeah, it's, I'm just so grateful. I'll start by saying that. And a little backstory, once I got done playing, and I think every athlete goes through this, is what comes next? And I, I got the opportunity to play professionally for a couple of years, which was an amazing experience. And that kind of held off my transition into the real world for a while. But once I did transition, it's like, okay, how do I find myself outside of my sport? And it took me some time and, uh, you know, an opportunity a couple years ago fell into my lap to do color commentary with Husker Sports Network. And um, it, I didn't have any experience and it was a little bit of a, a risk that I had to take. But I'm so glad I, I took that risk because it, uh, you know, that decision helped me get to where I'm at now. And I'm so thankful to my Husker Sports Network family for, you know, all the opportunities that they've provided me and all these fun things that we're putting together, you know, like conversations with the cook, it's with the cooks, it's a podcast. And, you know, you're getting to know coach cook on a deeper level that most people, you know, don't really get that opportunity to be able to, you know, talk with him like that or hear those things that he has to say, because they're, you know, in normal media interviews, it's, uh, it's just, you know, what do you think about the season? What do you think about the team? It's, you know, it's those typical questions and they're great questions, but, um, that's, you know, that's a great example of how fans can connect more with Husker volleyball and then these player spotlights, getting to know the players more. So just some really cool opportunities and not only for me, but for Husker nation and especially volleyball fans to just get to know this program on a deeper level. You mentioned the other things you're doing along with the color commentary, the, the podcast with your father, the conversation with the cooks, and also the player spotlights. Uh, what, what are you hoping to bring across, especially in that uh, podcast with your, with your dad? What, what do you hope people see about uh, your father that maybe they wouldn't otherwise see uh, through the interviews he does, you know, the typical uh, game coverage interviews that, that he does or, you know, seeing him on the sidelines? That's a great question, Nathan. He, I just want – I think Husker Nation has got to know him, you know, as, he, as he's been here for a long time, 20-plus years. I think they've got to know him a little bit. But he's such a great guy. And 
just so genuine and he has kind of a dry sense of humor. So he, he, he likes to crack jokes and he thinks he's funny and he's kind of quirky and it's not, it's not all business, all seriousness all the time, which is what we see in matches or at practice. I mean, his face is pretty stern. He doesn't show a lot of emotion, but he really has this emotional side that's fun to be around. And, um, and also, I mean, he's, he just has some really cool stories, his background. I mean, he grew up, uh, you know, on a, with a lower income family, he, you know, was selling vegetables, um, you know, in middle school just to try to make some money and was the first in his family to go to college and, and wanted, really wanted to be a football coach and then somehow ended up being a volleyball coach and then just turned that into major success. And so it's, he just has a really cool story. And my whole goal when I went into all of this was just to one, inform fans more about the sport of volleyball and Nebraska volleyball, because there's so much more than what we see on the surface. And then to help people get to know the side of coach cook that I know and just how cool of a person he really is. Lauren, I was in San Diego not that long ago, uh, and my wife and I had a few extra days, and um, you know we're just looking for something to do one day, and I pulled up the maps, and Francis Parker High School was like half a mile from where we were. So I drove up to where he got his, his coaching career started and took a picture and sent it to him. Uh, it was really it was you mentioned you mentioned his background. It's just really interesting to actually imagine him, you know, being so far away from what what's our home in Nebraska, uh, from where he was in San Diego. Just interesting side note there. But how is he doing with all of this? With the with the coronavirus, with looking after his players and what's best for his program. I mean, obviously worrying about you and uh, your family. How is he holding up? He's um, if. It- for, well, you guys know Coach Cook, but he cannot sit still. I mean, he has to be on the move. He has to be doing things. Uh, he, When he's at home, he goes stir-crazy. And he had to get a hip replacement over a year ago. And my mom had to take care of him, and I would come over and help take care of him. And, I mean, he drove us nuts. We, My mom almost <laughs> said that she was going to move into our house, my husband and I's house, because she's like, I can't handle another second with Dad, and I don't know what I'm going to do when he, when he eventually retires. So... Um, he's driving everyone a little crazy right now because he, I mean, he can't recruit, he can't travel, he doesn't have practices to plan. Um, but he did tell me he's going to be watching a lot of game film, which I, um, the times that I've been around him, he has been watching film. And then he also told me that the only thing he can compare this to, he's really never dealt with anything like this, which a lot of people haven't, but was, was not when 9-11 happened. Mm-hmm. And he just, and you'll hear about this, we're releasing a podcast tomorrow, and we literally just go through um, how all of this is affecting Nebraska volleyball and the program and what they're doing and where they're at. And um, he just said the girls are kind of dazed and confused, and most of them went home. So um, I think Lexi's son was the last one because she was having some issues getting back into California because I think they they banned some travel going out west so i'm not sure if she got home but i think most of the rest of the team um is home and is with their families but he said when he met with them and told them you know we're not going to have practices we're not going to have games it's you just need to worry about school and you know if you want to go home to your families you can he just said that it was just a very dazed and confused state that everyone was in so um they're just you know they're kind of taking it week by week and i think they're gonna all um meet again do some type of like FaceTime or Skype call um, all of the players and the coaching staff on April 6th 
um, and try to figure out, you know, what the next steps are and if they can come back. There's been talk that if things are better by then that um, maybe they can start doing some practicing, but it's just, it's so up in the air. And he also mentioned to me, I thought this was interesting. He's been in contact with Coach Frost, uh, Matt Davison, the football staff, because football and volleyball are, they happen at the same time of the year. So they're on the same schedule. They both play in the fall. They both, you know, practice in the spring. They get the summers off except their conditioning. Um, so him and the football program, Coach Cook and the football program have been in touch and just trying to figure out, okay, what's best? What should we do? And been bouncing ideas off of each other. So I think that's kind of cool that, you know, other coaches within the university are coming together at a time like this and, and trying to help each other out. Chatting with Lauren Cook of the Husker Sports Network here on Sports Nightly. And uh, Lauren mentioned their uh, podcast, The Conversation with the Cooks, a new episode dropping, uh, talking about uh, sort of what this virus is doing to Nebraska volleyball. And, uh, you know, without a traditional fall or without a traditional spring practice season, without getting that spring match in front of a big crowd this year it was supposed to be out in grand island how how does that affect nebraska volleyball what what is lost uh with not having that big spring match in grand island or not being able to go through a traditional uh spring practice season i think with this year because there was no seniors on the team and there's no freshmen that joined the team in january um, it's it's the same team as last year. So from a volleyball and playing perspective and standpoint, I don't think that they're going to miss out on anything or lose anything because um, they've all played together. They've all trained together. You know, it's the same team. But I think who is really taking the loss here in the hit is the fans of Grand Island and Western Nebraska who bought tickets. And this was, you know, maybe they can't always make it to Lincoln for a game or maybe it's very hard to find tickets uh, during the season to come to a match. So I think for for that part of the state and for fans out that way, I think they're the ones who's taking the hit. And it's it's tough because the reason why Nebraska volleyball plays those spring matches is to try to get to places throughout the state and visit those fan bases that, like I said, can't always make it to Lincoln or can't always get tickets uh, during the fall. So I think uh, it, it's just a tough situation for them. But, uh, and you'll hear this in the podcast tomorrow, Coach Cook mentioned that if they have a spring game next year, which I'm hopeful, hopefully everything has calmed down by spring of next year, but he said they would probably go back to Grand Island since they weren't able to make it there this year. Lauren, what size books do you think John Baylor's reading during this hiatus? <laughs> oh, geez. I, <laughs> I don't even know. It, probably books that are, gosh, I don't even know. He's uh, I, that would be you know you should have JB on and see what he's been up to, because I don't know if he can still put on all this test prep stuff and uh, he's another one who has to be go 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 all the time so it would be interesting to find out what he's doing. No doubt. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about your role further expanded. We talked a little bit about it already, but I guess what are you most excited for now that this is officially done and. Um, you're going to have a lot more to do, so um, get used to get used to that. I'm sure we'll keep you plenty busy. What are you most excited for about this this new journey for you? I think it's just getting cool stories out there, whether that's through those player spotlights, talking with players, whether it's through the podcast. We're going to start bringing some uh, guests onto to our podcast. 
Um, so just just get telling those cool stories and again, you know, just helping people understand what Nebraska volleyball is about on a deeper level. And whether that's Coach Cook, whether that's the players, you know, whether that's things that happen behind the scenes, there's just so much to talk about and so much that goes on to make this program one of the best, you know, I think it's the best program in the nation or one of the best programs in the nation. And um, that that's just, that's my whole goal with all of this. And I, yeah, it's, at the end of the day, that's what makes me most excited. Well, we're, we're excited to have you here as, as much as possible. You and Jeremiah have already brought so much to our network and, and you specifically with color and, and looking forward to having your, your role expanded here and be officially part of the team. Keep yourself busy. I know um, you're, you're probably, you know, as you said, going to be playing house with your mom to, to get her out of your dad's hair, maybe, <laughs> maybe the other way around, but um, try try and stay safe. Do do productive things around the house, and look forward to seeing you again whenever this is uh, whenever this weird situation that we're all in is over. Thanks for jumping on with us tonight. Thanks, Ben and Nate. Earlier in the show, we announced a couple of things. Number one, Twitter poll: Which NFL quarterback with a new team will win the most games in the upcoming season? No shocker. That Tom Brady is the winner. 43.8% with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In a large distant second, Phillip Rivers with the Indianapolis Colts. In third, Teddy Bridgewater with the Carolina Panthers. Nick Foles, who I voted for third in the poll, or excuse me, last in the poll, 17.2%. Nate, what's going uh, on? Uh, the people, the people, they're forgetting Tom Brady. Uh, can't throw the ball downfield anymore. It's just as simple as that. He's he, he's the pitcher that used to be able to throw 97 that now is checking it up there, hoping to get 88. He's done. So if, so is Phillip Rivers. Um, yes, he is. You know, Brady at least throws it to the right team a bunch. He throws it at their feet <laughs> a lot. Uh, Phillip Rivers is like, here, you know what? You guys look like you could use an extra possession. Take, take this one, uh, especially with the Chiefs, which makes me really happy. Um. We have also posted a Sports Nightly trivia question. Which Husker receiver has the most touchdown receptions in a single season? Husker Nation. Man, we need some work on this. Four choices. Johnny Rogers, Maurice Purify, Quincy Inunua, and Stanley Morgan. And your winner is... Two wideouts each way. Martinez in the shotgun. Abdullah off to the left. Now empty backs as Abdullah races to the near side. Back to throw is Tater. Sets throws. Pass. Cut over the middle. It's going to be a Husker touchdown. Quincy Anunwa. <laughs> Quincy Anunwa. Only 15.6% of the votes. Nate What are we doing, folks? The greatest fans in college athletics need <laughs> spring ball and bad. Get in your media guides. Yes. Study. Let's go. I expect it, better. If you're looking for something to do and you're so bored in quarantine, brush up on your Husker trivia because this is not – if this was a leadoff batter, we are we are swinging to the first pitch and popping up to the pitcher. That's what we're doing. Yeah, 46% of you, <laughs> 46% of you said Stanley Morgan. 23.7% of you said Maurice Purify. 14.4% of you said Johnny Rogers. Only 156 of you – me being one of them, not to toot my own horn, we're victorious tonight. So we need we need better work on that. That's for sure. You, you got time better. on your hands. Invest it better. 
Yeah, be better. Just be better. All right, that's it for hour two. Good stuff this hour. Thanks to Cam Taylor Britt for stopping by. Also, a big thank you to Lauren Cook West, one of the newest roster additions to the Husker Sports Network. Thanks to Josh for putting some stuff together for us with highlights, and Jack Hoffman run was awesome. That's it for hour two. Appreciate everybody listening here tonight. We're back with hour three and another edition of Sports Nightly tomorrow.